Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 255. Whoo, baby. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. All right, so I'm Gary. He's Chris. Let's jump into this thing. We are going to discuss all of the college football head coaches' uh, hirings and firings and what we're hearing and... Which is really just message board talk, right? We'll just well, we'll some act. of it's actually happened. Yeah, some of it's actually happened. Now we'll uh, we'll discuss all of that. We are going to go through the previews for the December fifteenth bowl games, and then we will have other podcasts that have other previews. As always, the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books down there. Go over to tunicatravel.com for more information. And you can always find us over at winningcureseverything.com. All of our picks, previews, social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, podcasts, all of the wonderful things over at winningcureseverything.com. If you are listening, subscribe on Apple, uh, iTunes, whatever the podcast thing is. Apple Podcast now. Is that it? I have no idea. I think it's Apple Podcast. Whatever your favorite podcast There's app is. There's an app on my phone that just does it. It just does it. If like, they change the name of it, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I like it. All right, let's quit wasting your time. Let's jump into this thing. Uh, we will start off with college football hiring and firing. All right, this is the college football hiring and firing. So we're talking head coaches. It's brought we're to you by talking some coordinators too. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk all kind of different stuff. It just uh, we we're gonna roll through them. I should have put like a timer on us. Nah, but I'm not that worried about that. Let's uh. All right, so it's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Six awesome sports books. You can find them all over at tunicatravel.com. You can find more information about us, our picks, previews, social media, YouTube, da 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 over at winningcureseverything.com. Do us a favor. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on the podcast, hit that subscribe button. Let's jump in. Let's talk number one. We didn't get to talk about this last week. Yeah. Well, I mean, so... Let's let everybody know. We record on Sundays. This one right here. Yep. So well, Sundays Sunday and, and Tuesday nights. But right, this one's being recorded Sunday morning, and so it's just December one of those the things 9th. where it, any information that happens after this, we didn't know that we could yeah. predict. We're, we're guessing from that point forward. Yeah. Now all of these are are done. Like yeah. These are done. Mo- yeah. What we're going to talk about now is done. We're going to get into some speculations and stuff like that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So. Let's start off. Urban Meyer. Okay. Leaves Ohio State. He retires. Everybody kind of saw this coming from all the way back in in July and August. As soon as the the Zach Smith stuff popped up, it was uh, okay. He's going to find a way out of this. Yeah. Uh, and, and then and then every game he just l- looks in agony on the sidelines. He didn't look in agony in that Michigan game. Oh, that's the only one. That's, I mean, a, that's all the only the rest one. Of them. Yeah, the rest of them were really really bad. Um tell me like what do you think about Ryan Day? Let's well, let's get off of the Urban Meyer. Okay. I don't know anything about Ryan Day other than he was an Urban Meyer assistant and he I guess had, people say he had a three game like interview for it or or whatever but he really didn't because urban prepared the entire team all week urban was just suspended for game day the whole game plan is put in already all the work is already done and ryan day might be fine my thought is you think of ohio state as it's one of the blue bloods you know it's 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 the alabama the oklahoma you know they they don't notre dame they usc they they don't just promote up an assistant 
they they hire a committee and they yeah. go get the biggest and best named guy. The last time they tried to do this, didn't work out so well. Well, Fickle. they so they gave Fickle the interim job, but that was a little bit different. Like they knew they weren't going to stick with Fickle because they hired him in May. Like it was after I, all the NCAA. Yeah, stuff. and I and I get that, but. In this case, you had time to go find. That's right. Somebody. They didn't even they didn't even hire a search committee or anything. It was just yeah, they didn't look we're at doing. anything. It was I, and people say that this is why Urban did it is because he felt strong enough in Ryan Day as his successor because of the way that Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley went. Well, down. I was just about to say it, it. It looks like it's working in Oklahoma. So if you've got you know an offensive genius that you think deserves that next step, they don't have to be a head coach at a smaller place first well, you can and, just go ahead and bypass that and, and get them well stoops did it to to give riley an opportunity in his first season right stoops stepped down in in july nah stoops didn't do anything to help anybody else stoops i think had a lot of heat coming on him from the joe mixon stuff and i think he was just done he made all the money in the world he wanted to make and he was done kissing 18 year olds but and begging people for money and all the other things that you've got to do to be a head coach at a major university. He, you have to go on radio shows that you don't want to go on. You have to talk to people you don't want to talk to. You have to have dinners that you don't want to do. And it's just one of those things where I think Bob was very much like, you know what, scrutiny is getting a little heated. I'm I'm going to step down. I don't think well, he was his, doing it to the help scrutiny, Lincoln Riley. The, okay, so, so forget about that. Forget about him helping anybody. Uh, but the timing of it did help Lincoln Riley because oh, yeah. there was no time for a search committee. That's right. no. Like it was okay, you're gone. It's July. We, we can't hire anybody. We that's got right. fall camp starting in like two weeks. All right. Well, Lincoln, you're the guy. That's it. No. Um, it, it, yeah, and it, it's worked out this, ex- extremely well in this situation. Like, Ryan Day – all right, so Ryan Day is highly thought of, right? That's right. He's a Chip Kelly guy. He would have gotten he, a head coaching job somewhere else. We well, he, just he turned down the Mississippi State job last year, which is funny to me. Mm. I never heard that, and then it was eventually reported, but he turned down the Mississippi State gig, and then, of course, they go to Joe Moorhead. But State was going back to the well. They said, all right, well, we had – Urban Meyer's assistant before. That's right. It's worked well, let's out go get once. the other guy. Yeah. Like, it worked out with Mullen. We had him for nine years. Uh, so, like, I don't – I think Ohio State could do better than this. Should we assign grades to these? I mean, let's uh, – nah, forget that. I, I no, just – I, mean, I don't know what to think fun. of this. Like, well, yeah, I mean, it's impossible because you don't really know a whole lot about the guy. We just always work under the premise that these guys need to have a stepping stone job beforehand. Because you could be a great coordinator or an assistant. You could be a great game caller of a play, yeah. but you can't be a good CEO. And there are guys that are not good coordinators because they are they get bogged down in details and they're just not as great as that. But when they're made the CEO, they're exceptional. Yeah. So it, it's it's just one of those things where all of these things, time's going to tell. I'm, I'm quite certain with the talent that Ohio State has and gets – He's going to do fine. His resume is going to look great. There's only like three losable games on their schedule every year. Yeah, no, you're right I mean, I mean, anybody, any moron could go in there. I mean, I'm, I'm a dummy. I could go in there and I could coach them to, to seven, eight wins, nine wins. Yeah. 
Now, Fickle, that, that one year, he only went 6-6. Six and six, but That's That was a little different situation. Moved out. He he also won 10 games at Cincinnati this year. So That's like, right. Well, he takes some time to learn. Take I mean, some time and know. learn on the job. That's right. All right, let's let's uh, let's jump into Liberty. Liberty University. Howard missed a Hugh Freeze. Turner Gill retired. Uh, this was – it went about as well as you could do for a school like Liberty. Oh, Yeah. I mean, they they way outkick their coverage on this. Correct. But part of me wonders from the Ole Miss side of this, how long? Like, is it two years before Ole Miss tries to hire him back? I I don't I don't know how that's gonna go. Um, and I'm curious. I mean, that's that's my thinking. I'm curious is Hugh <laughs> is Hugh interested in using this as a stepping stone job, or is he just yes? I mean, I would I would yes. think so as well. But if he wanted to do, I would think stepping stone wise, you would rather be a coordinator at a big program than the head coach at a small program. Or is he just going to stay in this job for? Is ever this something and ever and he's comfortable in, and he knows that he's made mistakes in the past? And at Liberty, you don't have to deal with the NCAA because you ain't paying anybody to come play at Liberty. Well, and not like you're not that, dealing with you're not dealing with the NCAA. You're not dealing private with school. You're not so dealing they, with boosters, they're not yeah. under the Freedom of Information Act, so well, you don't yeah. have to give out your cell phone records and right. no, like, whatever else. But no, no, no. It, aside from that, even it, like if he has completely changed, which is totally, totally possible. That's right. Um, this could be like the safest place for him. Yeah, this could be like a really good spot for him. Now, I would assume that he will use this to to work into something else. I would too, but but you know, if know. It, happiness means different things to different people, man. If you're I mean, just if wanting to made, coach, and you're just he's to, he's made enough money, and and not that he's made all the money in the world, but he's made a lot of money, and then now he's at Liberty. They're going to pay him a fine salary. It's not going to be what Power Five salary is. No, but it'll be a million or or but 1. Even, 2, like, you 1. know, 5. you can live you can live like a king there, and and be a king there. Yeah. So and that'd be great. I mean, and it works. Per it's an evangelical school. Yeah, it's perfect. That's, that's right in his wheelhouse. Yeah. So it, it, this could be like a long term thing. I would suspect it is not. I, I will tell you this: is a and and you're we're talking, man. I mean, we, I would say apples to oranges, but we're like apples to horses. Okay, and comparing like what I do for a living and what Hugh's done for a living. But I, I own my own company, and I've made a decent living. We've made great changes to grow, and I'm making a substantially better living than I was. I'd go back to the way it was in a second if I could undo everything I've done the last year and a half. Because the level of stress and the level of headache and the level of, of beatdown that it puts on my body and my time it's not worth it when I was doing really well and crazy happy. Hugh, right now, make a million bucks a year. You're in Liberty. You're surrounded by your people, people that think like you and agree with you. You're not That's having to point. pander to boosters. You're not having to go and 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 kiss these 18-year-old butts because everybody that's going to come play for you is going to come play for you. Like, nope. Nobody, That's a good point. you're not recruiting anybody at Liberty because the top talent's not going coming there, and the people that would be in your like competitions world, you can play for Hugh Freeze, 
or you can play for whatever unknown coach that's never done anything in their life. You got a real good point here. I would happiness means different things to different people. Some people want to be, you know, I don't know. They they want it all and some people are just like, man, I've had a taste of that. Totally well, how much did Hugh make used to at, at Ole Miss? Eh, a couple million dollars. But matter, let's say he so, made nothing. So, no, a million no, bucks a year is a lot of damn money. No, I know it is. But let's let's say he made like $4 million. He was the coach for five years. Yeah. And he, did he get any buyout or was it for calls? No, it was for calls. Okay. He so got, got no buyout. So, got so, so let's just say he made $20 million. $20 million, Let's say he kept half. Ten of it. You piss away $10 million in five years. I mean, what I mean, do you there's have no to, real reason for him to have to go back to why now now yeah I mean money's money's a great reason to do it when somebody else will say hey we'll pay you five six I mean if if things don't work out with Pruitt and Tennessee came like hey you know we're we're a big school we'll pay five six million dollars for a coach like we'll pay seven we'll, we'll we'll get there would you do it I mean that's hard to turn down when you're making a million but th- I just I'm talking about the stress and the headache and all that comes into it. Yeah, it, it's it's it just because if it wasn't for his religious purposes and thoughts and and what he what he talks about and then being at that school, it, the most conservative, probably most religious in in the football world, um, of of what we're talking about, I just think that is a you always talk about fit, and I think fits kind of a dumb thing like if you're a good coach you coach anywhere and if you're a great player you could play anywhere but but in this in in this situation situation, when he's been at the top of that mountain he went head to head with Nick Saban and beat him yeah and beat him and beat him like you had one too many beat him's in there I need you to back it up a little bit that boy is so (laughs) sensitive about the losses Alabama has you got like nine in your lifetime and you're so sensitive about them all I got way more than that in my lifetime anyway irrelevant this is not about them regardless he's been at the top of that mountain yeah he's been there he won a sugar bowl that's right at Ole Miss I don't know I I haven't been done since like the 60s this is this is and a lot of this is me putting putting my thoughts and feelings on them because this is the this is the world I'm in right now, work wise. Yeah. I, I I would I would go back a year and a half in a second and just do everything the way I was doing it and not grow a lick. That makes I can understand it. I can understand it. I mean, you were you were happy making money, everything was good, and now I'm you're doing I'm, a little I'm better. Happy. I'm making money, but it's way more stressful. <laughs> That's right. We got more stuff. Yeah, we got nicer stuff. But man, I don't you know. Hey, I, I know you enjoyed that Disney trip. Don't well, play with me. Uh, yeah, that was different. Let's talk about this. Let's move on. Let's talk Jeff Collins. Okay. Temple coach now is coaching at Georgia Tech. Paul Johnson has retired. Collins is great. Like, he's uh, – it, it, it's time to move on from the triple option. Uh, Collins, tough nose. Uh, I'm a Game. big fan of this hire. Yeah. Big fan. I, me and you have had this conversation in the past – Back in the day when Louisville's athletic director, way before all the problems, we're talking about 10 years ago, that guy pulled Bobby Petrino, he pulled Charlie Strong, uh, he pulled one other guy. Like He went like three coaches in a row, bam, 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 and all three of them were just complete home runs. And my first thought was is, screw hiring the head coach. You can get the AD way cheaper than the head coach. That guy knows how to interview and find people. 
and, and, and run an athletic department to, to grow and build a big program and a good program. And if I was looking for an AD right now, I, someone who's not real thrilled with my AD at LSU, <laughs> I'd go take Temple's AD in a heartbeat. Yeah. Matt Rule was an incredible hire. Just an unbelievable coach. And then Collins, Collins yeah. same thing. Now, this makes sense. Collins is from Georgia. Yep. Uh, he has been on staff twice at Georgia Tech. Like, this is – he knows what's going on down here. And this is the guy that's going to have, like, rappers on the sideline at Georgia Tech games. Like, yes, it's a an institution of, of higher learning, but – You got to use what Atlanta gives you, though. Yeah, man. You got to – like, I understand it's going to be tough to get some kids into school there. That's right. But – you got to start appealing oh, to Van, Vanderbilt does it, Stanford does it, you know, Northwestern does it, BC does it, Notre Dame does it. You can figure out a way to get these kids in, and they're not going to be, you know, you, you can't you can't be the the JUCO transfer that can barely read guys that are getting in trouble. Like you can't do a lot of that. But, no, but there, there's something to be said for having intelligent football players, but there's and that's pl- a good thing. There's plenty of guys out there that have skill and that are smart enough to play. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, da, 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 let's move on. And the ACC is winnable. They oh, got, it's 100% they got, winnable. They got Clemson as a monster. That is it. That's the list. Oh, yeah. Everybody else is barely 500. Well, now, okay, so, so sticking on that, let's talk about Louisville. Oh, gosh. Scott Satterfield, I love this hire. This dude's unbelievable, man. At fifty-one and twenty-four overall at App State, like, and that's moving from FCS to FBS. The guy's great. Like, he's he's always been good. He always wins his. So, when you're looking at success rate, which is coaching, right? It is teaching kids how to be efficient. Okay. His numbers are through the freaking roof. His I like this. His competition wasn't great either. And the no, coaches that came before him. But, I mean, him, you talk about Neil Brown a lot. And, and the like, coaches that came before him. Well, I'm not, this if is you can not coach, a you can coach. You're right. The coaches that came before him won at App State as well. App State is like an institution of, of something at that level that they consistently win. They've been doing it for a decade. Yeah. So, it's not like this guy ushered in the – the 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 history of winning okay he might be great i think louisville is a cancer this is one job where i would tell paul you know bill clark um uh neil brown all those guys hey don't take Stay that away. Like, those are the guys that i'm wanting so bad to get a big job i love them and, and i want to follow them at a bigger program stay away from that place well this job is going to take a long it, it is a major rebuild you're not going to get a long time Major we overhaul. Just, we just don't live in that world. Yeah, I mean, you might be right. Un- unless you're taking over a program like Baylor, you're not getting five, six years to rebuild. Well, but here's the thing. The entire athletic department has been rebuilt. I, I, under, under, I understand like a, that. New AD, uh, new basketball coach, new, you know, everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to take him a little bit of time. I think Satterfield will have it rolling pretty soon, I would hope. Um, but it, it could take a couple of years, and I hope I, that they're patient with I think recruiting there is going to be insanely difficult. You're probably right. Uh, speaking of hard recruiting places, Mel Tucker, Georgia defensive coordinator, takes the Colorado job. He moved back into college in 2015, was hired on the Alabama staff, 
went with Kirby to Georgia as the defensive coordinator. Right. Uh, before that, he spent nine seasons in the NFL. I I mean, I think this is this is good. It's this okay. Is a pretty good it's not hire. a bad hire. It's not a bad hire. I'm not going to get real excited about it. I don't think he's going to make waves there. I, I would need to see something. My my argument with this is a. I'm never a big fan. We've had this conversation before. I'm never a big fan of hiring the coordinator of the same side of the ball that the head coach is a genius. Yeah. Like, okay, no, you might have lost something. Yeah, that's right. But it hasn't worked out all the time. It hasn't worked out much of the time. Now, offensively, that, that might be changing because you want those coordinators that worked under geniuses because you're hoping they learned something. Defense is a little bit different. But my problem is this. You got a defensive-minded head coach. You're the defensive coordinator. You've got more talent than any other team you play except for the one game you played against Bama. You didn't stop anybody. The worst offense in the SEC put up 30 on you, and they could have put up 50 on you. Yeah. How great of a defensive coach are you? I mean, that's a, no, you're right. You're there right. was there was one game they played where the other team had more talent they, on the field. They had they gave up points to everybody. Well, not okay, not okay. everybody. Thanks. But you're gonna bring up like a Tennessee game or or some team where they just no. I mean, they, they gave up team. They didn't give up anything to Kentucky. They, it, it, but there's a, a team lot of that averages te- 15 points a game. There's a lot of crap teams. Uh, so they didn't give up points to everybody. They gave up 17 to Florida. They Florida gave up points to bad good. teams. Some of them. Florida's not a good offensive team. Florida's not. Yeah, I mean, Don't the numbers say that. would say otherwise. Like no, they, they're, no, I, I, we're just going to disagree. Eh. Anytime they play someone half decent, they get shut down. They don't score anything. Against LSU, they took two defensive touchdowns to score 20. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Either way, I, I think Mel Tucker's fine. I think he should be pretty good at this job. I think I'm he knows. Be suspect. And, and that's totally reasonable. He might be a great recruiter, and that's why he was brought in. But it like I don't I don't know the answer to that because I don't know who was doing. So all the it's what we talked about before. Like if he is the guy, it doesn't matter where his ties are. Well, you're right. And his ties, while they are in the southeast, he was the best recruiter on Georgia staff. Yep. See, so, I, yeah, I, I think if you're a good recruiter, you're a good recruiter, and you can go anywhere and recruit. Yeah. But, okay, that's not necessarily true. You can't go from USC to you know Texas Tech, Minnesota, and recruit like. No, because what you're selling at USC is totally different than what you're selling at Minnesota. Yeah, and it, what he sold at Alabama, and then he sold That's at right. Georgia. Georgia, and now you got to sell Colorado. A little different. So you got to start selling to California kids and Texas kids. Hey, why don't you come out here? and and selling to Boulder in like the Denver area? Yeah. is a lot easier now than it used to be. It like, is. Hey, look, NCAA is going to tell you you can't smoke weed, but like we got weed. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> come That's on, right. hang out. We'll uh, we'll get you high. That's <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, we'll jump on this one. Will Healy. You know who Will Healy is? No. New Charlotte head coach. Uh, okay. He coached at Austin Peay. Thirty three years old. Now he's got a thirteen and twenty one record in three years at Austin Peay. But this is a fantastic hire. And how I, do you, how do you know that he's thirty three? So he's younger than us. Austin P. That he's a child. Austin P. Went one and forty-five. I shouldn't have said that. That was in the, <laughs> completely inappropriate. I'm five minutes older than that guy. But the, <laughs> but, the, but the fact that that no. Austin P. Was one and forty-five in their forty-six games prior to him getting there, 
and it took him so about got him a year to 30%. and a half. It took him a year and a half. He broke like this super long. He went zero and eleven his first season, and then won thirteen games the last two years. Okay, no, that's decent. Then I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, I he, should. I he went just knock a guy. He I went eight or eight and four in his second year. He only lost one game to an FCS opponent. Like the other three were to yeah. Georgia and yeah, whatever. Yeah, the pay for wins. He's he's great. He won the Eddie Robinson Award. He won the okay. uh, the Ohio Valley Conference yeah. Coach of the Year Award. Listen, like, listening to his his record at, at first, you know it sounds yeah. When bad, you just but, look at the record, but then I, it's one thing. But I completely agree. When you take over a, a a program that's done nothing, you've got a year or two of complete losing. Like that's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I mean. Yeah, right, this I'm is Will Healy. That's yeah. a name for you to watch out yeah, but for. But he went to Charlotte. I'm ne- yeah. I'm still never going to hear from the guy. It now, like if he goes if he undefeated starts, in Charlotte, I I probably won't know about it. Well, and that's the thing. He will end up with a bigger job. That's it. And I will guarantee that. Well, that's fine. He's young. He can do it. Uh, Walt Bell, Florida State offensive coordinator, 34 years old. I don't understand this one. Mark Whipple got fired at UMass. UMass was like decent. They what, what did they go five and I, seven I or six and six? Ask. Or I have no idea what UMass did. Um, I mean Whipple has not been bad, but like there's there's nothing. That is a that program has no idea what they want to be, what they want to do. They they still play in Foxborough. Like they they've got no fan base. Who could have watched Florida State and thought? I want one of their coaches. Uh, well, especially on the offensive well, side. Florida State was like, we don't know if we want these guys. And we just hired them. They've well, been here they, five they minutes. They probably would have fired this guy had he not gotten this job. He's only 34 years old. What if, what if there's a big Florida State alum that's like also an alum of, like, here's of the th- this was UMass? His, this was his first year What if he got his OC? master's degree at UMass? He's on a board, but he went to, went to Florida State. And he's just like, He's a big booster of both schools yeah. kind of thing, and he's just like, look, I'm going to help us out. I'm going to get you a job. We're going to save that buyout. Yeah, we're good. I mean, I, I could totally see it happening. It wouldn't surprise me. That's somebody who's got somebody a favor. He, he, was, he was at Arkansas State for four years, and then this last year was his first year as OC. He didn't get the play-calling duties until late in the year, and one of those was a win over Boston College. So – not that they put up a ton of points. I mean, they only won twenty two twenty one, but like, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see. Like, the jury's still out on this one. I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. But I'm, I'm I just don't know how anybody from Florida State got a job. Well, I'm also guessing that nobody from UMass, like, it, it, nobody or, or wanted the UMass job or got a promotion. Like, nobody would have looked at Florida State and was like, "Well, this guy's like Lane Kiffin. He keeps failing into higher jobs." It's like, mm. like at at Arkansas State, he was. He was different. all right. He was different. okay. Okay. But, like, nothing he did at Arkansas State said that he should be the OC for Florida State. And then he gets Florida State, and he does terrible with Florida State, and then he gets a head coaching job at the FBS level? I, I, I don't know. understand it. I don't get it. Um, Let's talk Mike Loxley for a minute. All right. That's a decent hire. Decent hire, I think. Like he now he failed miserably in his first head coaching job at what was it, New Mexico? Mm-hmm. Went two and twenty six. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like you can't get worse than two and twenty six. But he went through the Nick Saban rehab program. He was an analyst for a year or two, and then he moved up to the actual staff. And then he was the OC last year, and set all kind of records. But it's kind of easy to do when you got. Tua and those wide receivers and that stable running backs that, and that's my problem, man. When you go like if 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 I was hiring and I wanted the OC from Oklahoma 
or one of the OC from Alabama. Like, I, what am I getting? What What am I getting? Because well, it's like the Jake talent, Spavital, right? The like, talent you have and the talent at Maryland ain't the same, man. They're just not close. No, I think the biggest thing for Maryland was after everything that went down with DJ Durkin, right? They needed a coach that treated people like human beings. Well, and they wanted their guy. They wanted a guy. He's from that area. Yeah, he's from there. They wanted somebody who I think also is not going to take that as a stepping stone job. Yeah. If you come here and you win 10 games at Maryland one year, you're not immediately going to bolt for an Ohio State or an Alabama. Like, you're not going to bolt for the big boy job that comes open. Right. I think Loxley wants Maryland – and Maryland needed and I, somebody. And I absolutely that, think Maryland and, needs somebody who cares about Maryland right now. Look, Coach Locks is one of the nicest guys no, yeah, in the yeah. entire world. Like he's and and he will treat these kids with respect. Like you won't have the same cultural problems there that you had before. No, no, so, he's definitely not Durkins. My my, like I said, my only issue is is coaching wise. Man, I, yeah, we really have no idea what you're getting because he was handed the you know, the the greatest car ever built and said, Here, drive this. All right, Maryland, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hand you our car. We we hand you the keys to it. We want you to drive that too. And Maryland's got talent. Like they, they, they got no, they're not they're not yeah. they're not bums. No, they're definitely not bums. They, I don't know that they are um I mean they're they're not in the same level with Ohio State I, and Michigan. I really thought Canada that. was gonna get that job. I thought he was I mean too. if 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 he if the two point conversion happens against Ohio State and they win that game, Canada's Canada's named the coach. Probably that, so. That day. I guess this is my problem. Everybody from Maryland actually like openly admits he beats Ohio State, he gets that job. So one play goes right. The right play call. Everything was fine. The guy was open. The quarterback misses him by two feet. That's how you're gonna you're you're gonna walk away from a guy. Because a quarterback missed a guy on one play for two feet. Well, I think the deal was they wanted to completely wipe the slate clean. So I don't know but that they he would have been the, no, the no, coach. No, no, no. They, but no, but abso- people make, absolutely you beat Ohio State there. You're 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 people in. make irrational, emotional decisions because I don't think that beating Ohio State means he should have gotten the job. Yeah, maybe not. But you're right. He probably would have because people completely. It's just irrational. It's like, right. oh, we, he beat Ohio State. Well, LSU, like he got LSU stomped this, by Iowa. Like yeah. he got, you know. L- LSU did the exact same thing with Les, right? Yeah. Like, like Les, we thought they beat Auburn. Yep. And then a half second goes by, and you realize, oh, no, the clock ran out. We didn't get that playoff. We didn't beat Auburn. Now you're fired. Well, so one minute you're Miss. One rather than you're, going through yeah. a coaching hire, you just promote oh, you up just, the guy. You, you just beat Mississippi State correct. in Starkville, and – Man, that's Matt a, Luke's our guy. That's right. That's a that's a great analogy. Yeah, because that he is not qualified to be an SEC head coach. But Loxley, like at this this fits their situation right now. I think it's I think. fine. Yeah, I, I mean Maryland's fine. not a football powerhouse. They want to be. They want to play with the big boys in the Big Ten. Yeah, they want to try. Yeah. So and, and but they're, not, will be they're fine. not there right now. So uh, speaking of not powers, <laughs> East Carolina. This uh, uh, so this story of of Mike Houston. James Madison head coach. All the reports are out that he's taking the Charlotte job. And then James Madison is still going through the playoffs, and they eventually get beat, and, and East Carolina hires him. Now, I don't understand it. Like, he 
He's gone 37-6 and six in three seasons at James Madison. He got a national title in 2016, runner-up in 2017. He won four conference titles in five seasons um, between stops at, uh, I don't even know what this school is, in the Citadel. Like, it, this should be good because they've actually got, like, a leader at East Carolina now, which they haven't had in a long time. That's right. Uh, and it's going to take him a little time to build that up, and, and I would imagine they're going to give him plenty of time there. So, I, I'm, I think that's a good hire. And it's about as good as East Carolina was going to do. I was about to say, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I think that how was much fine. better. He's going to do. Uh, let's talk about Les Miles. <sighs> we hadn't, we hadn't talked much about that. Um, this one's disappointing. So we, we did talk last week on, on our coaches thing about it, but Les hired at Kansas. Okay, you know it's it's good that Les has got a job, but like if you're Kansas, what are you doing? Like you're hiring a sixty three year old. And you oh need. no! Come on now. I think that's. I, I think Les is fine. Les made it clear he was going to go out if he got a job and hire a young, hot offensive coordinator. And then he didn't. And then he didn't. And I, that's and that's so, all so, I wanted was him to. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to get um, Kingsbury. Like like Kingsbury's not going to Kansas. I got no. I got that. But, but you could hire like an up and coming, like a really young guy, somebody man that that inspires a little more hope than Chip Lindsey, who was going to be fired at Auburn regardless. You wouldn't hire a guy who just had one of the worst offensive like seasons with some talent. I mean, Auburn can play. You yeah. got a quarterback there. Stidham's not bad. Like Stidham's gonna go into the combine. I mean, he might get drafted. No, he'll get drafted. Like He'd, yeah, like I mean, you got a guy that that's a that's an NFL quarterback. And you got NFL talent all over that roster, and you just laid an egg, man. Oh, just all season long laid an egg. I can't. That this is the least inspiring. I, I don't understand why Chip Lin- like I, I've I've had people tell me it was because of recruiting purposes, but I mean you're recruiting to Kansas. Like, what are you? I mean, you still got to be able to recruit, but the, yeah. the, you could find nexus and those guys, and you could hire position guys to recruit. I just I, – I don't know. It's very uninspiring. Uh, by the way, did you see Auburn offered their OC position to Bobby Bentley, Jake Bentley's dad, hmm. who was the – I think the wide receivers coach, maybe the running backs coach in uh, South Carolina, and he turned him down. I found that really interesting. Uh, so Auburn still has no OC right now. They're They're still trying to find somebody. Uh, we talked last week about Tyson Helton at Western Kentucky. Explained why that uh, why that was going that way. They wanted to get back to somebody that actually knew uh, the the situation. Mac Brown at North Carolina. Uh, they hired Army's defensive coordinator after the Army Navy game, um, and then brought in Greg Robinson, getting the band back together from the old Texas days. Another uninspiring offensive coordinator hire. Yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not super I'm a little concerned about the defensive coordinator hire. Like the Army defense was incredible. This guy yeah. What he's done there is great. You only have to play like twenty possessions a game. Twenty possessions, twenty snaps. Yeah. At Army. Then it's not gonna be the same at UNC. No. Unless you're nice. gonna run a slow plotting hold the ball for 40 minutes offense which i don't think you're gonna do then you gotta have a defensive guy that can coach defense for 40 minutes yeah yeah you're right that's Um, my fear that's my biggest fear of that hire bowling green hires scott leffler 
Uh, he was the Auburn offensive coordinator for a while. He has been at Virginia Tech and, and recently at Boston College. Uh, he's done pretty good. He's familiar with the recruiting grounds in the MAC. We'll see. Like Bowling Green has just been a dumpster fire for for a while. For well, since Dino left, yep. right? Since Sorry. Dino Babers left, they've been awful. Uh, so that's you know we'll see. Like I, it, it takes a special kind of person to to win at a school like that. Um, Jake Spavithall takes Texas State. That's another one of those that you were talking about before. Uh, he's a member of the air raid tree, but like you're hiring the offensive coordinator of the guy that runs the offense at West Virginia. Yeah, like he was. So Spavitol was at A and M, got fired, and then, you know, I mean, we, like we'll we'll see how this works. Like I I think he should do better than Everett Withers did. Texas State has been awful, just terrible. I don't um, know. so we'll see. Uh, Jim McElwain hired at Central Michigan. I don't know what to make of that. Like I, I it kind of makes sense. Like I mean, it's the best thing that could happen to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, well, he was just a wide receivers coach at Michigan. I, 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 yeah, but you get that guy out of your locker room. <laughs> get him out of there, uh, McElwain. Like that should be a that's a good hire for Central Michigan, right? Okay. Like the guy won at, at Colorado State. He seemed to do better when there was no spotlight Pressure. on him. That's right. So you're right. Yeah. You're right. He pr- he will probably do fine there. Yeah, I think it, there won't be any pressure on him to win at Central Michigan because uh, they they don't win. That's like, right. They're not expected to do anything. So the level uh, of expectation is down. So yeah, you don't care. All right. So uh, last of the ones that have been filled, Matt Wells, Utah State coach, is now the Texas Tech coach. I like this hire. It's going to get you away from the air raid thing that you were talking about. Now, he is still an offensive coach, oh, yeah. so he's going to be able to put up points. They're not going to hurt offensively. It's just going to be a different kind of system. Yeah, Utah State led the country in points per game this yeah. year, so they will be able to put up points. Uh, now, once they ran up against teams like Boise State and whatnot, obviously they got slowed down, but but you're going to do that. Like it, He puts up points as as best he can. We're not going to go undefeated at Texas Tech. You just got to beat 80% of those teams. Yeah, and, and, and he ought to be able to do that. I was about to say, you're not going to run into many defenses there. No, you got that right. You got that right. And he'll be able to use the talent that they've already got. Oh, yeah, you don't have to overhaul that offense. No, it's completely no, fine. change everything. Um, Akron fired Terry Bowden. Uh, Utah State is now looking for a coach for Matt Wells. Scott Satterfield is gone, so App State is looking for a coach. And Temple is looking for a coach. Last but not least, Bill Snyder retired from Kansas State. I have no idea who they are going to go after. Like, I think Jim Levitt would take the job. Defensive coordinator at Oregon now. He was at Colorado. Had, like, a a top 10 defense at Colorado. Um, Used to be the South Florida coach. He played at Kansas State. Like, he wants the job. But Bill Snyder did not want to give him the job when he stepped down, so I wonder how much of that is is going on in the background. Like, there's a lot of political crap going on with this job. I don't get that. Once you've retired, thank you. We appreciate all that you've done. You no longer. Well, the last time that Snyder handed the job off to somebody, he gave it to Ron Prince. Yeah. And you saw how well that worked out. It worked out so well that after three years, Snyder came back and was like, "Okay, I got to fix this again." No, I don't. I don't. I don't like the idea of the person leaving trying to dictate what the school's going to do after he's gone. The So, Mike Norvell's name has popped up with him. I heard that. Would that be a good hire for them? I mean, yeah, I, I think that, be, hell, yeah. that'd be great for them. This is where we just going to see the world differently. 
I think that the American Conference is so close to being up there with, not just close, if you take Clemson away from the ACC, the American Conference is not just better than the ACC, it's head and shoulders better than the ACC. I mean, it's it's quite a bit better than the ACC. Huh. And and I don't know that I would be jumping ship from the American to go to the Big 12. I think it's better than the Big 12 if you take Oklahoma away. All of these conferences well, have – And Texas? Even still, it's see, like – See, you, eh. you drink that Kool-Aid all day long. I'll take UCF over Texas. Right now, today, play them. Well, I mean, UCF's right favorite to be. Yeah, right, right this second, but that, What maybe. are we talking about? Ten years from now? Five years from now? Well, I don't know how long UCF is is going to stay relevant. We're done like with that. We're done with that. Anyway, <laughs> I, I would not be. But that's the problem: is you're assuming that these schools are just going to yo-yo, and if these coaches stay and these programs get built, and, and I know there's a lot of ifs involved. But if Temple doesn't lose two ridiculous games at the beginning of the season to teams that just should not lose to, then then they're easily a top twenty-five team, probably a top fifteen team. Okay, if Memphis doesn't lose to Tulane and Navy, they're top fifteen team. Like, yeah. like you, you have a conference that's stronger than every conference other than the SEC. Why, why do you? You don't have to go play the big boys. You become a big boy, but you can't keep jumping ship to do that. I wouldn't take the Kansas State job over the Memphis job, flat out. You can call me a homer all you want. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't take it. I don't think that's the a Memphis homer job, thing at all. The Memphis job is a better job than the Kansas State job. I think you can get better players at Memphis. Correct. I think that the and I pay think the, will be very I, comparable. And and I think the American Conference is about five minutes less than the than than the Big Twelve right now. They're not as famous. Their names aren't as big as long. But guess what? All the cities are massive. And, yeah. and and you just keep growing those you just keep growing those programs at Houston. Keep growing them at Memphis. Keep growing them in Orlando. Keep growing them in Philadelphia. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Like Big market cities, keep growing them in Tampa. You're going to be just fine. Yeah, I agree. You're going to be just fine. I'm really curious how that, like, what the TV deal is going to be for them. It's going to be fine because those schools don't need the budget that the SEC has or the Big Ten has. Well, I mean, they if you want to keep playing with the big boys, yeah, like you no, need that. No, because no, that, any TV money is better than what they're getting, and they're competing with those schools already. Those schools are all running and hiding right now. I wouldn't call it hiding. They're absolutely running and hiding. They're absolutely running and hiding. Who? Everybody. What, are, what are you even talking about right now? We're not getting into this. <laughs> you know my thoughts so, and my feelings on that. I think Kansas State, like if they were able to pry Norvell away, one, it's going to take a massive load of money. It takes some money because Memphis has got money. Memphis is already paying him two and a half million a year. Yeah. Like, and he's set up there. They love him here. So now at Kansas State like how much time do you have to cuz it Kansas State has been built the last few years with junior college players like that's cuz they can't recruit exactly you can't get so tier talent i think like if if they will put aside all the bill snyder crap and just go hire jim levitt he already proved it at south florida like it, south florida was a big east team remember there if was a power hire, six it, now if you're talking from the standpoint of kansas state if you can hire norvell you hire norvell oh absolutely you hire norvell because he is he is much better coach but i don't think he's going to come i think you can i wouldn't leave. i think you can hire jim levitt i think you could get him i think memphis is a better job right now you might be right you might be right you may not be able to win a national championship there 
but I don't think you're going to be able to win I a national championship can, at Kansas State right now. I think you right can now. win one easier at Memphis. You're talking about when I think you can win one easier at Memphis than you can in Kansas State. You might be right. I mean, you, you got to win like I, two, three big games a year. I think I think the climate is changing. I think we are getting to a point where at some point in time you have to recognize the American. Hey, you might you might be right. I'm not going to say you're wrong on that. You can't you can't keep ignoring them. I think you might be right on that. All right, that's going to wrap up our FBS hiring and firing uh, uh, podcast video segment, whatever you want to call it. As always, it's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi. South's premier sports gambling destination. Six incredible sports books. More information on it over at tunicatravel.com. You can go find more stuff on us over at winningcureseverything.com. And if you're watching on YouTube or on the podcast, hit that subscribe button for us. We appreciate you. All right, December 15th, it is bowl preview time. It's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Go over to tunicatravel.com to get more information on that. As always, find us on winningcureseverything.com. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Let's roll in. Game number one, the New Mexico Bowl. It is at 1 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. It's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's North Texas and Utah State. Utah State opened as an 11-point favorite. They are now a 9-point favorite. The total opened at 64.5. It is now at 66.5. Let's give you a little background, okay? okay? Utah State coach Matt Wells was hired at Texas Tech, so they've got an interim coach. I don't even know who it is. I'm not even going to pretend to tell you. Seth Luttrell at North Texas is not going to Kansas State. He wanted to bring in his own guys at Kansas State. They told him, no, we like what Bill Snyder was doing. We're going to keep some of these guys here. And he said, all right, well, screw it. I'm staying here then. That's right. So, I'm fine with that. Uh, North Texas quarterback Mason Fine, incredible. Jordan Love at Utah State, incredible. Two high-powered offenses. Uh, North Texas was only 4-8 and eight against the spread this year. And they were 0-4 against the spread in their last four. Huh. Utah State, 9-3 and three against the spread this year. They were 2-2 two and two in their last four. I mean, we can talk about all kind of stuff. Offensive yards per play. Both of both, them pretty good. Both were in the top 20. North Texas was 17 at 6.44. Utah State, number 12 at 6.73. Uh, the offensive points per game, Utah State, 47.2, number three in the country. North Texas was 36.4, 21 in the country. Uh, both defenses actually pretty good at, at, as far as points allowed, right? They're both in the Bim, top but don't 40. Break. Um, turnover margin, which is what I look at a lot. North Texas plus eight. Utah State plus 11. Uh, and, and as always, we're going to keep these previews relatively short. So we, we'll jump right into it. The metrics have Utah State favored by 11.36. I got real in-depth with these numbers this go-round. Uh, but 11.36, and so the opening line was 64.5, or the opening total. Metrics say 65 points. And now it's 66.5. So... A lot of people bet that 64 and a half, and it just kept moving on up. I can understand why people would jump on that. I think I'm going to go under the 66 and a half. Okay. And I'm going to roll with Utah State minus the nine. All right. I would take North Texas, and I don't really know about the over-under. I mean, it's a lot of points, but... 
I don't know what to expect from Utah State. Are they going to change a whole lot of things? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. If I had to give a number right here, right now, I'd go over. All right, so you're going North Texas plus the nine. I am I am taking North Texas plus the nine. All right, and then you'll do over the 66? Yeah, if I got to. Okay, over 66 and a half. All right, that wraps up the New Mexico Bowl. Now, let's jump into the Cure Bowl. Okay. Tulane and Louisiana Lafayette. They're taking a Louisiana battle and moving it to Orlando, Florida. And this one's going to be at 1.30 p.m. Central Time, Saturday, December 15th, on CBS Sports Network in Orlando. It's in Camping World Stadium. Look, Willie Fritz against Billy Napier is actually a pretty fun matchup. I was about to say, the coaching matchup here is actually the styles that these guys are going to play. Yes. This should actually be an entertaining game. I agree with you 100%. Tulane, 6-6 on the year. Louisiana Lafayette, 7-6. They were 7-5. They lost the Sunbelt Championship game to Appalachian State. Uh, Tulane, 5-7 and seven against the spread this year. They are uh, Louisiana Lafayette is 9-4. and four. Uh, Tulane was 1-3 and three against the spread in their last four. Louisiana Lafayette, 3-1 and one against the spread in their last four. Uh, Tulane is a 3.5-point favorite. It opened at 4, and the to- uh, point total opened at 59, sticking at 59. The metrics will tell you Tulane should be favored by two and a half, and and they'll tell you that the total is fifty eight instead of fifty nine. So right. I mean, you're just right on the number, like two and a half, three and a half, whatever. Uh, Tulane offensive yards per play, not great. Number sixty two in the country, five point eight yards per play. Louisiana Lafayette with Billy Napier coming in, running that system. He was at Alabama. He went to Arizona State, and now he took over. Uh, down in Lafayette. Is it Lafayette or Lafayette? I don't really know. That's it. You're the LSU guy. You're supposed to know I, this I, stuff. Because <laughs> I like LSU, I know how to say Baton Rouge. Hey, you know what? They don't even like you saying Lafayette anymore or Lafayette. They they don't want that part. It's just Louisiana. Yeah. So it's the Raging Cajuns. Uh, but they're number 13 in offensive yards per play. The issue here. It's a style thing, though, man. I, well, I mean, that's, but that's the, the thing. The triple option is never going to have – like the yards per play um, metric like go their way. They're just not. De- defensive yards per play, Tulane 61 in the country at 5.6. Louisiana 6.39. It's number 115 yeah. in the country. So you can you can put up some points on them. They, they give up 33.7. It's 104 in the country for Louisiana. But it's just when you, when you run the offense that Tulane's going to run, it's going to be slow. It's going to be pounding. It's going to take – time off the clock it's they're not getting seven eight yards a touch they're not throwing the ball deep down the field to get those big chunk plays that help those big offenses yeah. get those metrics they're just not doing that no I, I understand that so that doesn't scare me at all it's just what they are and, and, and what they run i like to look at turnover margin a lot mm-hmm. like i said in the uh, the last go round Tulane zero yes it just that's their margin yep. zero so every one that they give up they get one back Louisiana, minus three on the year. Now, the other side of this, strength of schedule. Louisiana, number 95, Massey strength of schedule. Tulane, 74. So, Tulane has played some tougher teams. I do like that in this spot. However, I don't like the three and a half. I'm going to go with Louisiana at plus three and a half. And as far as the over-under, I'm going to go 
under on this one. I'm going under the 59. So I ride with Willie. I'm taking Tulane. I like Willie Fritz as a coach, I, and and I like ball control. Normally, I'm not a fan of taking the triple option team in bowl games because usually it's Georgia Tech, and the bowl game is played a month after the regular season, so teams have a long time to get ready for them. This game, they're not going to have that. They're going to have a standard week. Yeah, they got like a they got two, two weeks. weeks, two weeks to get ready for, it, and that's it. So I don't know that you can put together the game plan to, to stop it that quickly. Maybe you can. That extra week could help. But I ride with Tulane. I'm taking. I'm laying the uh, three and a half, and I would go under. Under fifty nine. That's right. All right. So we're both running under. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into the next. This one is the Las Vegas Bowl. Two thirty p.m. Central Time on ABC. Las Vegas, Nevada. Fresno State and Arizona State. Fresno State eleven and two on the year. Arizona State seven and five. Uh, Fresno is a four and a half point favorite currently. The line opened at three. The point total is fifty two on this one. Uh, interesting thing here: offensive yards per play. Both of them are six point two one. They are tied for thirty three. I thought that was crazy. Just crazy. Uh, against the spread, Fresno nine and four on the year, but they're one and three against the spread in their last four. Arizona State seven four and one against the spread this year. They're two and two in their last four. Metrics would tell you Fresno minus seven point one four, and the point total should be fifty one. And of course, the line is at fifty two, and it's four and a half. How you feel about it? What What do you think? I'm I, going. I'm I, going against the metrics a little bit here. I, I like Bedford. I, I, I like. like well, I like both these coaches a lot. Like this is another one of those matchups where I think the coaching matchup is going to be really interesting. Do you think uh, Nikhil Harry sitting out this game, prepping for the NFL draft, is going to have anything to do with it for Arizona State? Well, I mean, it'll have something to do with it, but I don't know that it's going to change everything drastically. I I think you're probably right. I mean, it's not. I don't know. It's. It's not a drastic thing. You've still got Manny Wilkins playing. you still got, you know, at Arizona State will still have their players. That's right. Their game plan will not change because of, of one wide receiver. I'm, I'm going to go with Herm here. This is a close one. I think this game is more even than, than the metrics would say at seven. And, and I, if, I'm, if I think it's an even game, I'm going with a team that's getting four and a half points. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going Fresno minus the four and a half. Uh, I think their defense is lights out. I mean, they're number two in the country at defensive points per game, uh, giving up only 13.7. They uh, they only give up 4.82 yards per play. That's good for 23rd in the country. Um, I I'm a I'm a fan. I like Tedford. I like what he's doing. I think that uh, I think Fresno covers, and I'm going to go under the 52 here. So, and what did you do? You over or under the 52? Mm, yeah, I was probably leaning towards under. All right, under the 52. It's it's two coaches that like to kind of get in the mud a little bit. Well, slow the game down. Not yeah. Try to limit possessions of the other team. My that, only fear with going under in some of these games that I think are really going to be pretty even, if you ever get into an overtime situation, you've you've just blown the over-under out of yeah. the water. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's LSU – Texas yes, A&M. That's, that's, right. that's right. Then yeah. you're in trouble. That's right. You got problems. Then you are in trouble. Uh, as always, <laughs> go ahead and put a reminder out there. Hit that subscribe button for us. Help us out a little bit. Support your boys.
Let's jump into the Camellia Bowl, 4.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, Saturday, December 15th. It's in Montgomery, Alabama. Can you believe they got a bowl game in Montgomery? No. I mean, that's just crazy to me. Just crazy. It's Georgia Southern and Eastern Michigan. Georgia Southern 9-3 and three this year. They are 9-3 and three against the spread. Eastern Michigan 7-5 and five this year. They are 7-5 and five against the spread. <laughs> Pretty crazy, right? They win, they cover. Yep. Uh, Georgia Southern 2-2 two and two against the spread in their last four. Eastern Michigan was 1-3 and three against the spread. It opened as a pick em. It is currently Georgia Southern minus one. Uh, we are recording this on Sunday, December the 9th, so this line will change. So if you're going down to Tunica, Mississippi, you need to go on and, and make sure you got the right line. We'll just say that. Um, the metrics will tell you that Eastern Michigan should be favored by .26 points. Yeah, and uh, and the point total, it says it should be 47. The the total, uh, the Vegas total is 47 and a half. So, yeah. Um, again, Georgia Southern runs a triple option. Not a lot of time to prep for it, but Eastern Michigan has played Army, and they've they've done it a few times this year. Where this won't be play. their first time seeing it. No, you got that right. So, uh, I mean, Chris Creighton from Eastern Michigan, fantastic coach. Uh, he took a program that was nothing and has done really good things with it. Chad Lunsford, Georgia State. Uh, look, they, they fired a guy last year that did not understand what it is down in Statesboro, right? Like, it, they, Georgia Southern is a triple option team. Correct. They always have been. That is their culture. That is what they do. That's what they want to do. Yeah. And and their former coach tried to move them out of it. And what was he his got, name? Tyson he got, Summers. He got replaced. Him. Yeah, he got replaced. Chad Lunsford comes in, immediately goes back to the triple option. They go 9-3. and three. It's like, okay. It's well, pretty we, fantastic. We knew what, what we were doing. Uh, these guys are, are – pretty even across the board points per game i mean this is a coin uh, i mean i'm literally flipping a coin here. now I, I'll, I'll point this out to you so there's the massey strength of schedule okay which georgia southern played the number 117 strength of schedule and eastern michigan played number 98 but the turnover margin that is the biggest thing for me georgia southern plus 22 on the year they lead the country in turnover margin eastern michigan plus 10 the, see the now both of them are still getting turnovers. The, the plus twenty, the triple option teams just don't lose the ball very often. That's a good thing. I I get it, but you're you're looking at what they did over the course of the year. If the other team doesn't lose the ball very often, I don't know. I, I'm going that way. I like Georgia Southern. I'm gonna take. The, it's literally just a clip of uh, flip of the coin. Um, and and I would take the under just because. I think they can limit possessions, have long, sustainable drives that end in touchdowns. That's I'm so we're we're literally doing the same thing. I'm, yeah. We're both taking Georgia Southern, and we are rolling with the under forty-seven and a half. Okay. All right, I like that. I like that. Da, da, da. All right, next one up. Let's move into the New Orleans Bowl. I'm really looking forward to this one. Okay. Really looking forward to this. 8 p.m. Central Time, ESPN, in New Orleans, Saturday, December 15th, Middle Tennessee State, 8-5 and five record, 8-5 uh, and five against the spread, and App State, 10-2, and 7-3-2 and two against the spread. Um, App State, Scott Satterfield, hired at Louisville. He's gone. Don't know that it matters a whole lot. Uh, it's the last game for head coach uh, uh, Rick Standstill, and his his son quarterback Brent, 
MTSU, 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five as an underdog. They are seven-point underdogs currently to App State. The line opened at 7.5. It has dropped. Uh, the total is 50.5. Middle Tennessee, 3-1 and one against the spread in their last four. App State, 1-1-2. One, one, and two. So, eh. You know, MTSU played a tougher strength of schedule. They were number 84. Uh, App State played the number 111 strength of schedule this year. Defensive yards per play, it is not even close. Offensive yards per play, it's not even close. Uh, points per game, defense points per game, everything points App State here. That's right. But without Scott Satterfield, I mean, what do you make of this? I, I'm going to go with MTSU. That's, I, I'm I think, doing the same thing. I think you've got a coach there that's leaving. Um coaching his son it's going to be his last game like i think i think it means more to them i think that actually matters this game matters to them i don't know that this game matters to app state at all i just don't and then i never like taking a team coming in with an interim coach you don't know anything about him i mean i'm sure they've got talent and they're going to play well i mean this is it's kind of one of the reasons why i wasn't so excited about the louisville hiring um, um um scott is because I don't know. I just think a new guy is going to come in. They're going to take that same job, and they're going to do the same thing that the two coaches before him did. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and then I would go over the 50-and-a-half. I think they're going to score points. I think it, both so, these teams so are going to score. Let me tell you what the metrics say. The metrics say App State minus 7.29. Okay, so it's right there. And point total 46. Okay, so the metrics has it going. It has it going like, like four points under. Okay. So – I still like you, though. I, I think, like, yes, the defensive coordinator is still there for App State. Yes, like, they uh, they are number four in the country in defensive yards per play. I still think MTSU is going to be able to move the football. I think they're going to score. The New Orleans Bowl always seems to go over. Like, yeah. it's always fun. Yeah. And App State's going to score. I mean, we're, yeah, App State's we're not thinking that, that Scott Levin is going to make them just all of a sudden not be able to play. Yeah. Offensive football. But MTSU, 4-1 and one against the spread last five as an underdog. I like that a lot. MTSU plus seven. Um, I do think I'm rolling with you on, on over 50 and a half. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's you go over 50 and a half, all you got to do is 31-28. I mean, it's, you're talking very little. Very little. Well, 31-28 is way over. Way over. Way over. So, I mean, 28-21. Yeah. That would do it. That'd be 49. What do we need here? 28-24? Yeah, 28-24. That's 52. I was, I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, we it's lie. It's a gambling show. We do a lot of math. That's, I know, right? Uh, so we're, we're both doing over 50 and a half, and that is going to wrap up December 15th as far as the bowl schedule goes. So on the podcast, uh, if you were still listening, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we will have another podcast with all of the bowls from December 18th on uh, I think we're actually going to do one podcast that has all the way through December 22nd. So we'll uh, we'll jump into that one uh, the next go-round. But we appreciate you guys. Make sure and hit subscribe. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. Go over to tunicatravel.com. We'll see you guys the next go-round. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. You can follow myself at Gary WCE. You follow me at Chris B G N N E C H R I S B G I A N N I N I. You can also email the show that's Winning Cures Everything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.